0: Hello, I am Riley Wilson, and welcome to the Band of One podcast. This podcast is created to help anyone that wants to be a more successful solo performer or become a solo performer and avoid a lot of the pratfalls and mistakes myself and some of my contemporaries have made. I have over 50 years of live performance experience and will include tips from other top pros worldwide who've done the same thing in their regions. My desire is to make this actionable as well as entertaining. If you like what we do, subscribe and don't forget to share it. Let's get busy. In 1969, Three Dog Night enjoyed the first of their many hits with the song, One is the Loneliest Number. In this podcast, we need to address the challenges inherent in being a solo performer, and there are several areas to consider. Let's examine physical, mental, emotional, and financial safety. Physical safety is a good place to start. If you're a female piano player who works a downtown upscale restaurant and you don't have to carry any equipment except your charts, you still need to be careful of your surroundings. How do you travel to the show? If you drive, where do you park your vehicle? If you Uber or take public transportation, are there perhaps valet attendants when you arrive and depart? Upscale restaurants or hotels usually have people consuming alcohol and may end up intoxicated and spoiling for an argument or fight. i personally witnessed this dozens of times in my performing career, and occasionally, innocent bystanders get hurt in the process. I suggest getting someone to accompany you into and out of the vehicle, just to be on the safe side. Even if you are a six foot plus 200 something pound male, you still need to be careful physically when doing live performances. Things can go south headed to while at or returning home from a musical performance. Is your vehicle in shape to make the gig? As I have mentioned before, I usually rent a vehicle on any shows 200 miles or more from my home. This way, if the car stops working en route, I can call the rental car company and have them swap out a working car with no cash out of my pocket. Make sure to get a full tank of fuel before leaving for the show. How about food? Either bring food from home that you prepack, like sandwiches, protein bars, fruit, trail mix, etc., or add in time to stop and eat on the trip down. I have recently begun working a couple pizza places in town, and they are gracious enough to feed me before I begin the performance. I highly recommend bringing water to drink with you on all shows. It's a poor idea to assume the client may have good quality water at the event. I perform many shows where the only drinks available were alcohol and sodas. Try and avoid both of them when performing, especially if you sing. I learned a valuable lesson over 50 years ago on a show in eastern North Carolina. I liked drinking 7-Up at the time and sat one near our band's PA amplifier. A drunk tripped and fell into the amplifier, which spilled the drink and made the PA head inoperable. The sugar in the drink stopped the PA and our band right in its tracks. I then surrendered my guitar amp to use as the PA head and played guitar through the piano player's extra channel in his amp. I felt bad and I sounded mediocre, but I learned a marvelous lesson that day. If you really want something carbonated, get club soda without the lime to drink. Better yet, avoid the carbonation altogether and just drink plain water. I saw Hall & Oates on tour in 1981 and noticed that they had a bottled gallon of water on stage. This was before every store carried bottled water in individual servings. My band at the time and I often drank distilled water while on the road, which helped minimize stomach issues when constantly traveling. This also helped our immune systems function in different towns, different food, etc. If you travel frequently, be careful how much, if any, tap water you consume, as well as food. Make your health a part of your show prep so you are well enough to play and sound your best. Sleep is more than a good idea. If you slept poorly the night of a show, you'll notice it as will the audience. A short nap of even 10 to 20 minutes can help rejuvenate you before a gig, especially if it runs late into the night. If it goes really late, you might need to consider getting a room for the night. Few things are worse than trying to speed back home following a late gig and getting a ticket, or worse, being involved in an accident. Some of the ideas along these lines are simple, practical safety measures. Use a hand truck to carry your gear into and out of a facility. If you are performing at a hotel, commandeer one of their luggage dollies in case you have to carry the gear a third of a mile or further. Ask for help when carrying things up or downstairs, and make sure you're not straining to set up or take anything down you used to perform with. Avoid anything that can cause an accident, like a slip, trip, or fall. This includes walking across a hotel kitchen floor covered with water, black ice on a sidewalk, etc. Nothing will ruin a gig like an unplanned accident. Rushing and trying to hurry are a great recipe for pre- or post-show disaster. Avoid this at all costs. Along with general health, it's an excellent idea to prepare for contingencies. Here in Texas, people expect musicians to perform year-round out-of-doors. This isn't always practical and is often a terrible idea. I always ask a client before an outdoors gig if I'm going to be covered or not. I have a small bag with sunscreen and sunglasses that goes with me on all my larger shows, along with a ball cap I can wear if I am facing directly into the sun. Some sort of jacket or coat is also a really good idea in colder weather. I will request a heater if I'm exposed when the temperature drops. It's hard to play the guitar with temperatures dropping below 60 degrees for those of us that live here in Texas. Dressing in layers is a good idea for inclement weather, and this applies to musicians too. Mental safety is closely aligned with emotional safety. Try to avoid arguments with a co-worker or family member before leaving for a performance. Life is a series of ups and downs, and learning to avoid becoming upset before you perform will work wonders in your solo career. If something does happen to make your day go sideways, create a break tape or playlist to help you get centered and content. My oldest daughter exposed me to binaural beats recordings a few years ago, and these are very helpful for general mental health and sanity. There are dozens of these recordings available free on YouTube, etc. However, don't listen to them while driving to a show. I really recommend that you work on your self-development on a daily basis. Being an entertainer of any sort is a hard enough job, but when you wear every hat as a solo performer, it's tough to sometimes take any sort of attacks as not being personal. Listen to positive, uplifting, motivational speakers, read good books, and do daily affirmations where you remind yourself why you were doing what you were doing. Listen to podcasts, like the Band of One, and write down ideas that come to you that will help you in your life and in your work. Don't take criticism personally and try and do some sort of physical activity in the form of exercise daily to keep your physical body up to the task. Remember, you are doing something almost no one else can do when performing as a solo. Take pride in this without becoming arrogant. When you're a solo performer or musician, there is no one else to share the credit or blame with. You get no buffer zone, so to speak. If the client is unhappy with your performance, they will let you know either by telling you, or not hiring you back. It's critical to behave in a pleasant, professional manner and make it easy for them to at least get along with you. Luana Stoutmeyer, an old friend and booking agent here in Dallas Fort Worth, has on her contracts, quote, seek out the client at the first break and ask them if the volume is okay, material, etc., close quote. This is wise counsel and something I always make a habit of doing. If you communicate early, You let your buyer know that you are approachable, so if they need to make a change later on during the event, they can approach you comfortably. This is invaluable if the event goes well and the client wants to extend your performance time. I let them know in an email before the event to speak with me within the last scheduled hour performance if they might want me to play longer than contracted. That way I don't tell the crowd goodnight and then have to come back over the microphone and say, oh, I'm going to play longer. I do my best to make the show look seamless in order to make my buyer look good. Many of my online reviews with sites like The Bash and Gig Salad have noted that the client's friends and family wanted to know where they found me. That translates into additional bookings in the future. If you can afford it, get insurance for yourself in the event of an accident. Many of you may already have this with your current employer. Because I was self-employed for so many years. I ended up getting a small accident policy that cost less than $50 a month for our entire family. This worked out well since we had two sons playing high school and ultimately college football. I still keep this policy in place since I am still out actively traveling and performing regularly. Speaking of insurance, some clients and venues will demand that you have performing insurance as well. Because I live in Texas, which is a right-to-work state, I'm not in the musician's union and generally avoid carrying this sort of insurance policy. I'm not carrying a full van or truck's worth of equipment into most shows like a DJ usually does. I do my best to be very careful when loading in and loading out, to not damage a home, business, etc. My motto is like that of the Boy Scouts when camping. Leave nothing behind but footprints. If the client or venue demands it, I'll ask them to help out with that cost since I don't maintain such insurance on a year-round basis. Allow yourself plenty of time before the event in order to set up, get tuned, change clothes, etc. I realize that you're going to have to modify this last one based on your gigs. If you are that piano player that can walk to the gig with your sheet music under your arm or on an iPad, much of this won't apply. It's always good to build in a 10-15 to minute fudge factor for any job you play away from home. If you have to be ready to perform at 10 p.m., be ready to go at 9.45 p.m. Give yourself extra time since you are a solo performer and you'll be more relaxed and execute the music better. Another thing I will do is ask the client if they need anything special announced. This might be food or drink specials in a club or restaurant, the bride and groom's name when they enter at a wedding reception, etc. If it's handy, turn off the reverb, echo or other effects when doing so to make the announcing clearer. Both my EV Evolve 30 and Everse 8 have a simple input jack on the back panel to allow making this with a foot switch easy to do. Physical security encompasses the entire performance as well as the travel to and from. Again, make sure you're well-rested before a performance and focus what you are doing in that moment. Travel in a large metropolitan city like Dallas-Fort Worth where I live means I really have to concentrate on my driving before and after the show. I will use my phone's GPS to make sure I know where to travel and try to drive defensively. Avoid road rage and let other drivers have plenty of space if they insist on being difficult. If you have an extra 15-30 to minute bumper of time, you'll be less agitated behind the wheel. If you take public transportation, these factors may not apply to you. If you do travel out of town on an overnight gig, be careful how you store your gear in a car or SUV. Try and pack everything out of sight and avoid having any brand names that someone with prying eyes can notice walking beside the vehicle. If you stay at a motel or hotel, try to park right beside your vehicle. That way, assuming that it has an alarm system, the alarm should wake you up if someone were to try and break in and steal the gear. Depending on how much equipment you have, you might want to add an equipment rider to your auto policy to cover musical instruments in case they are stolen from the vehicle. Financial security is something few people discuss in connection with gigging. Many of us have tip jars, which, if you're good, end up flowing with paper money by the end of a three- or four-hour show. If you're performing in an urban or crowded area, be careful how you leave with that much cash. I have a couple different tip jars, and on most gigs, a smaller plastic jar with a lid allows me to close the lid and then load that with my cables, mic, etc., in a plastic storage bin. I have a solid color bin so no one can see from the outside what's being transported. If it's a bigger venue, like an open-air restaurant, I might have a larger black bucket to collect a larger volume of tips. Either way, that money gets sequestered safely inside the smaller jar and tucked away before I leave. If your tip jar gets overwhelmed during a show, you can remove some cash and safely store it out of sight while on a break if possible. Conceal any and all cash before you leave a show, and don't count it up until you're safely home. Venmo, PayPal, and the Cash app are just three other ways to be paid that are much more secure. Whenever a client wants to pay me that way, I make sure that they have my online app payment info, and will even show them what my online app photo looks like if they need help. I prefer the client have that information so that they can either pay me on the spot or immediately after the event itself. Since I always have a signed contract, I feel I am protected and have never had anyone try to avoid paying me the balance owed. Financial wisdom is something I recommend building in from the beginning of your show. Don't go out and buy a bunch of expensive equipment until you've been earning the amount of money toward doing so. Listen to both episodes of my podcast with my buddy Brad Richard for more information on running your act like a real business. Gear Acquisition Syndrome gas for short, or buying expensive new equipment won't make you perform any better and ensures you're not running your show or small group like a business. Look for used gear and keep track of your earnings. Use a personal finance program. Save some of your show income and either invest it or use it to pay down credit cards, etc. Read up about money and investing and learn to save some for a rainy day. This has been a dense podcast episode and I may have left something out. However, like my friend David Fortune says, go back and take notes the second and third time you listen to this podcast. Then begin implementing the ideas in your own show. You've been listening to the Band of One podcast. I am Riley Wilson, and thanks for being a part of this one. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Consider supporting the show as well. If you have ideas for future podcasts, contact me through facebook.com forward slash Podcast or guitarmatesimpler.com. See you next time.